Praise God, everybody. I know there's more that are gathering in, and uh, we're still sort of finding our bearings here as more kind of gathered in. Uh, But I wonder if we could, this evening, let's stand where we are. And why don't we do this? Why don't we just lift our hands to Jesus for a few moments, and let's begin to connect to him. That's what we're really here for, right? We're here to connect to Jesus. So I wonder if you, just you and Jesus for a moment, could just lift your voice to him and begin to magnify him and exalt him, begin to worship him. Come on, let's do that. Come on, everybody, begin to do that all across. If you've come today and you've taken the time to be here, why not let's get connected to Jesus? Come on, let's do that. Father, we worship you. We magnify you. We exalt you. We lift you up today. We worship you, Lord, because there's none like you. You are great and greatly to be praised. You are great and greatly to be praised. We magnify you and exalt you. We worship you. We lift your name on high. You are worthy of praise. You are worthy of praise. You are worthy of praise. Oh, I worship you, Jesus. I magnify you, Jesus. I exalt you, Jesus. I lift your name on high, Father. You are worthy of praise. You are worthy of praise. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you. Oh, come on. That's it. We got several that are doing it, but come on the rest of you. You don't have to make noise, but just let it be from your heart. It doesn't necessarily have to be loud, but it needs to be from your heart. Oh, when I think about the goodness of Jesus and all he has done for me, my soul cries out. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now usually, when you come together, there's like a warm-up period. But it's outside. As soon as that sun gets through the cloud, it's going to get hot again. We don't have time to warm up tonight. The Bible says be instant in season, out of season. If you're cold, the sun will warm you up. But I know there are some people in here that walk with Jesus. You don't need to warm up. You don't need to work through some things. Because when you woke up this morning, your mind was stayed on Jesus. And ultimately, more than anything today, I want to see God be God. Because now coming together is not as easy as it used to be. It takes effort. Got to make sure you got your chair, your tent, your canopy, your water, your mask, a backup mask, a color-coordinated mask, a bedazzled mask. 
That's a lot of work, huh? Oh, hand sanitizer. There's a lot of effort that goes into getting here. So I guess if we're going to go through the effort of getting here, and for a lot of you, you didn't just get here in a few minutes. For the Baltimore folk, y'all had to drive a little ways to get here. Now that we're here, and a lot of you are grumpy because you missed your nap, so it's even worse. But now that we're here, Usually it takes, God doesn't, we're not waiting on God. Usually it takes time for us to come to one mind and one accord. So let's just get to it. So I wonder, I know we're scattered. It's, 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 thank God I have my glasses on because I wouldn't, wouldn't be able to see anybody over there. What's up, Sister Francis? Hey! But we're here. So I wonder if I could get some of you would just close your eyes. We already did it. But that was warm-up. I was stretching. I can't stretch. Spiritual stretching. Let's get all that out of the way. Let's just close our eyes, lift our hands. Block out everything. Only Jesus for the next few moments. Just you and Jesus. And when you begin to do that and the Holy Ghost begins to move, why don't you just begin to pray in the Spirit for a moment? Shandabosi, Shekiaro, Ika Sandaraboshi Katare, Ilo Rimo Sandarabo Shekiarata, Isondo Rimo She, Ikari Andaye, Ikatari Arabo Satarabahaya, Ilo Rimo Shandarabosi Katare Kiatabahaya, Rimo Shandarabori Arabo Sekiarandehe, Ilo Rimo Sandaria. We lose the demonstration and the power of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. We lose the kingdom to be made and manifest in the name of Jesus. We drive out every spirit of doubt. We drive out every spirit of unbelief. We drive out every lie of the adversary. We lose the power in the demonstration of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Not by might, not by power, but by your spirit in the name of Jesus. 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 We come against every spirit of fatigue. We come against every spirit of weariness. We come against every spirit of depression. We come against every spirit of oppression. We come against every lie and spirit of accusation. We quiet the voice of shame. We rebuke it all right now in the name of Jesus. By the authority of the word and by the power of the name of Jesus. We speak it in Jesus' name. Now, I wonder if you could just lift your voice. Come on. Now that you begin to connect with him, don't you lift your voice. Come on, just lift your voice.
Now I got, I've got about two things I feel the Lord wants me to do on my part and then I pass it to the next person and then they, they, they obey the Holy Ghost. But I want to issue us a challenge. Let's see what happens. The great thing about social distancing is you got shouting room. Now, I know usually we need something to help us. But I wonder, when I think about the goodness of God, the fact we're standing here tonight, the fact that you and I are here, when everything has tried to stop us from being here, some of you have had every opportunity over the last six months to quit and give up and just slowly creep back into the darkness. But there's something that was in you that was bigger than you realize because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Now, I know north and central y'all are in practice. But this is literally the first time in six months that I have not stared into a camera in my basement. I almost had to get a stool, a table, and a camera because I didn't know how to do this anymore. But forgive me for doing this, but where is my Antioch West folk? Now, I got some. We got some in the cheap seats. We got some up here in the front. Now, look, we got plenty of room up here for social distancing. So where's my Antioch West folks? Because it's been six months since we worshiped and praised together. I wonder if y'all could join me for a moment. Bring your mask if you can. But I wonder if you get up here and let's give God some demonstrative praise for a few minutes. Because this is the first time we've had an opportunity to worship together. So excuse me for a moment. I'm going to put this mic down and I'm going to give God some crazy praise. I feel like something wanting to break right now. Come on, just another few moments. Come on, you can join if you want. But I feel like something right now wanting to break forth. There's something moving right now. Oh, when you begin to reach out to him, he begins to reach back to you.
Yeah! Yes, 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 yes. Come on, you don't have to stop. We don't have a schedule. You don't have to stop. Oh! John Lombardo, come up here, John Lombardo. You and I haven't worshipped together in over 20 years. Forgive me for saying it this way. It's a song we sung before, but forgive me for saying it this way. I'm still standing. I'm still standing. But by the grace of God. But I'm still standing. I'm still here with my hands worshipped. My hands lifted. I'm still here with the praise in my heart. It hasn't been easy. All hell is broken forth. But I'm still standing. My foot's on the rock. My mind's made up. Jesus. Eugene, where are you at, Eugene? Is, he, is, that you, is that you back there, Eugene? Come on, Eugene, come up here.
Cassius, I want you to worship with Eugene. What God has done in Eugene's life the last couple of months, we haven't got to celebrate, so y'all just bear with us if you don't mind, okay? Come on, Eugene. Cassius, grab him by the hand. Come on, Eugene. God wants to give you. He wants to land on you right now. In the name of Jesus, lift your hands. Jesus. I gotta save the best for last. I want y'all to meet one of the most amazing people. Ethan, have Ethan come up here. Laura, would you tell him come up here? Come on up here, Ethan. Come on up here. Yeah, come on up here. I wish I could tell you the whole story of what God has done in this man's life. But if you could only know where God has brought him from the last couple of months in the middle of COVID. Filled him with the Holy Ghost. Went down in the precious name of Jesus for the remission of sins. And I got to sit over there last night. John with Ethan because as you can tell God has done some amazing things in him and he is currently a student at Gallaudet University is his desire and passion for those at that university to experience what he's experienced 
And, hey. I just got to say this. For the skeptics out there that are watching that believe we, we teach people how to speak in tongues. How do you explain somebody to get the Holy Ghost when they never heard somebody speak in tongues? But it's like a river on the inside, springing forth to the outside. Ain't nobody teaching somebody how to say, But when you get the Holy Ghost, the river flows. So we're going to pray and believe with Ethan that he's going to walk in the Holy Ghost on the campus of Gallaudet. And he's going to share the gospel and the love of Jesus Christ. And people are going to experience the same thing he's experienced. So we're going to, Ethan, we're going to join with you. All of these people are going to join with you. That We believe God is going to lead you to many, many hungry souls. And God's going to give you the words to say. He's going to give you the faith to believe. And I believe, I'm not even going to put a number on it. I believe many are going to find Jesus through you. So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus. We speak right now in the name of Jesus. The harvest at Gallaudet University. We speak right now that the blindness would be lifted off of their eyes. That they can see the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. We loose that hunger would be released into that campus. In the name of Jesus. We loose the operation of faith. In the name of Jesus. Father, we speak your anointing upon Ethan. You have called him and chosen him. And by the name that's above every name, we speak now in Jesus' name. That you would flow through Ethan. Let your love flow through each of Ethan. Let your power flow through Ethan. And God, lead him to those that are hungry. Give them the words to say and give them the faith to pray it. And Lord, we are believing with our brother that many are going to find you that are even crying today. God, I need you. Let it be done in Jesus' name. Now let's give God praise. Can we do that? Hallelujah. Now I got one more thing to do and I'll pass it on to who's next. Who's your keyboard player? For a sec. There he is. I'm going to read a scripture to you. Most of the time we read the scripture and we context of Salvation, but I want to give it to you in the context in which I feel like the Lord gave it to me on the way here in the car. Titus chapter 3, verse number 4. But when the kindness and love of our God, our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he has saved us. How? Through the washing. Through the washing. Of regeneration and, now there's that word, renewing of the Holy Ghost. I know for north and central, we're trying to catch up 
with you and coming together. It's our first time in six months, but I believe this applies to everybody because I don't believe the Lord just specifically gave this to a particular group. But obviously this six months has been long and difficult. But I believe tonight if some of you would be honest, maybe your tank is running a little low. Maybe you don't feel the freedom in the Holy Ghost that you had before. But you're here. I believe today that there's a power of the Holy Ghost wants to fall over this place. I'm not talking about a few seconds of speaking in tongues, a shimmy and a shake, and three goosebumps. But I believe there is a spirit of renewal in this place. I believe there's a renewal. I believe this renewal can drive out fear, can drive out doubt, can drive out weariness, can drive it all out. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you don't have to wait. You can receive it right now. If you believe it, you open up your mouth. God can fill you right now. But here's the, here's the challenge. We've all, we're all experiencing it. We're so used to riding the coattails of somebody else's faith. Have them come over, lay hands on us, shake us, quake us, sometimes break us. But the problem is when you strip all that away, you find out, I believe, help my unbelief. But you know what? We quote it, so let's go there. Show me in Acts chapter 2 where they laid hands on anybody. Now, they weren't social distancing with 120 people in one room. But Peter did not have to lay hands on any of the 3,000. He spoke. The Holy Ghost fell. They responded. God got the glory. I don't know who you are tonight. I don't know your spiritual condition, but God knows. You might have a full tank overflowing, full of the Holy Ghost. God bless you. But not, we're not all there. But I believe there's a spirit renewing. John, I believe tonight you were the first partaker of the fruit. But I believe it wasn't just for John. I believe it's for those that are hungry and desire and willing. Now we're going to do one thing before we get there. We're going to do our part so he can do his part. God's part's guaranteed. God never changes. You can take his part to the bank. I don't, I don't, I don't bet. I don't, I don't believe in betting. But if you're ever going to bet, bet on God. He's never failed. But I believe today, if we do our part, God's going to do his part. So we're going to just take a moment if we can. We're going to open up our heart to him and say, God, every single piece of me, anything in me, God, the seen and the unseen, the known and the unknown, every piece of me, God, I want you to take it all out. Any sin, any unbelief, I confess it. Come on, you you might have to confess. Don't act God like God doesn't know. Tell him, Lord, forgive me for Forgive me for this. Take this from me. We're going to get ourselves empty of any blockages so that we can receive from Him what He desires to give. 
Father, we open up a heart to you tonight. God, I'm asking you to search every secret place. Turn up every rock. Open every closet door of my heart. Don't let there be anything in me, Father, that would restrict you from filling all of me. Forgive me for the sins I've committed knowing I was wrong. Forgive me for the things I did, Lord, that at the time I didn't realize were wrong. Forgive me for the known and the unknown. Forgive me for the seen and the unseen. Forgive me for my public sins, but forgive me for my private sins. Wash me, Father, by your blood. Your word says if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us. And Father, today I confess my sins to you. I fall upon your mercy seat. I ask for the blood of Calvary to wash over me. Against thee and the only have I sinned. Forgive me, Jesus. Forgive me. Forgive me for every grudge I've held on to. Forgive me for every seed of bitterness. Forgive me for every justifiable excuse I've given for my actions, even though they were wrong. Forgive me for all of it. Cleanse me. Wash me. In Jesus' name. If you believe God did it, would you just lift your hands and say, thank you. Just say, thank you. Oh, heaven forbid we ever get just so used to the blood of Calvary, we take it for granted. It may not cost you something, but it cost him everything for you to be able to say, Father, forgive me. It's easy for you, but it cost him everything. Here's what we're going to do. We're not, we can't do the thumbs up thing because it really doesn't matter how many. But if I was you, 99, what's that old, who sings that song? Is it Hezekiah Walker, 99 and a half won't do? Lord, I'm running, trying to make a number, 99 and a half won't do. Lord, I'm running, trying to make 199 and a half won't do. Maybe 99 and a half is good enough for you. 99.9 ain't good enough for me. I want all of him. Every piece. So that being the case, I doubt we have very few 100 percenters here tonight that have every bit of Jesus you want. We might have a lot of 99 and a halves, but there's still a piece of you that could get more of him. So in just a moment... We're going to speak the word of faith. God's already willing to do it. We're just going to release God to do what he already has promised he would do. We're going to do that. You're going to lift your hands in a moment when the word of faith's given. You're going to close your eyes. You're going to lift your voice. I love it, right? Because we always say lift your voice to heaven, but usually we're staring at ceiling tiles. Lift your voice to heaven. The clouds can't even block your view of heaven today. Lift your voice to heaven. Begin to open up your mouth and let God absolutely feel you from the bottom of your soul, of your feet to the top of your head. Father, I've obeyed you. I've done what you've told me to do. I have not added to or taken from. But Lord, by the authority you have laid and bestowed upon me, I speak now in the name of Jesus. I loose the power 
in the demonstration of the Holy Ghost. I loose the Spirit of God to fall fresh on every heart and every life that is standing here or watching online, wherever they may be. Father, for those that lift up their heart in sincerity, I speak now that they would be filled to overflowing with your Spirit, that they would be able to walk in righteousness, peace, and joy as you have promised. I speak these things now in the name of Jesus. Now lift your voice and just begin to call out to God. And as he begins to reach down, let the Holy Ghost fall out of you. Come on, that's it, that's it. You don't have to look for a feeling. It's not a feeling, it's faith. Oh, fall fresh. I lose the spirit of renewal. I lose the spirit of renewal in this. Right now in the name of Jesus. I lose the spirit of renewal in the name of Jesus. I lose the spirit of renewal. Renew his father. Renew every part of us. Renew every part of his father. Oh, by the washing and the regeneration and with the renewing of the Holy Ghost, let it be. In the name of Jesus. Come on, don't stop. We can't pray for one another. I get that. But it doesn't keep you from connecting to Jesus. It doesn't stop you from connecting to Him. Won't you continue doing that? We're going to worship God for some song in just a moment. Those are musicians, worship leaders from Antioch North. Would you come? Continue doing that, please. I believe he's deserving. Hallelujah. Come on. You don't need to be prodded. We know how to worship. Hallelujah. Free will worship God. Hallelujah. All the praise belong to you. Jesus name, why don't you worship? That was awesome. My goodness. What a privilege to be here and to be a part of what the Lord has done, is doing and is going to do. I'm so thankful. So thankful. In Baltimore, very easily in some parts there is a church on every corner I mean very very easily right wrong or indifferent and we don't mean any harm by it we call them mom and pop shops and unfortunately a lot of them have come up because of division schisms rebellion you you name it so when we are having the privilege of sharing with anybody who will listen. And most times that's in most of our gatherings. What we are a part of, we do it with such, and forgive me for using this word, such pride. Yes. Amen. My goodness, because we know 
not only the privilege of it, but the blessing of it. I'm so thankful to be a part of Antioch. And I know I tend to do this a lot, but I'm going to do it again. We are Antioch. Is anybody thankful for that? Is anybody thankful for the God that we serve? Is anybody thankful today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is the same yesterday, today, forever. Hallelujah. Come on, why don't you worship with us? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Worthy, Jesus. What a he turned. What a you turned into wine. And he opened. Open the eyes of the There's blind. There's no one like you. No one like my God. No one like you. Into the darkness, into the darkness you shine. Out of the ashes we rise. Yeah. 
something that I feel that God has given me for Antioch. Amen. We are Antioch. Praise God. I don't know if you, uh, like me, with yesterday, I sat back, and I don't want to say in amazement, but I, I sat back and... Uh, I guess you could say of all of the promises of God for Antioch. I believe there was a, God was loosing faith in the atmosphere and the people of God. Because we can't go forward to where God has for us concerning the promises unless we grasp everything that God has done heretofore. And the words, I mean, I, I, there were a couple of things I had never heard before, and I was glad to hear that. It was a reaffirming, maybe for some a reconfirmation or whatever it was, that we are not here just as a spectator church. God did not build this thing for us to simply sit back and wait for things to happen in this world. Let me say it this way. We are trendsetters for the church. And we are setting a trend for the church all over the world. Not because of because we are important, because it's God's calling for this church. And I am so glad I'm a part of what God's plan is right here in Annapolis and Arnold, Maryland, and also in Baltimore City and Baltimore County. We are a part of something special, and we don't need to treat it like a trivial thing. I uh, sense a shift 
in not just the ministry of Bishop Wright and Mother, but in all of Antioch. I feel the Holy Ghost. There has been a shift, and I know the bishop is going to, starting January the 1st, begin to operate in a different ministry. He explained that. I don't have to go into that. But there has already been a shift in the spirit of what God is doing. You don't want to get on the caboose. If you're going to get on, get on one of the cars, not the caboose. Can I say, Antioch, it's time to get on board right now with what God is doing and what he's about to do. You No, I wasn't here before 1990. But all of the promises from 1970 to 1989 are mine. And we have to make it ours. And I believe them with all of my heart. And I don't have to worry about fulfilling them. We don't have to worry about bringing them to pass. All we need to do is worry about, we don't have to worry. We just need to be consumed with participating with it. Not as spectators. But I do have something, and I'm going to get out of the way and let the preacher come. (laughs) But first, this is our 50th anniversary. We are here to celebrate Antioch. Amen. We're not here just, well, we're here to worship and praise and hear the word and get the promises and all that. But we're here to celebrate Antioch. So I think it's befitting. The Bible says to give honor where honor is due. We don't have to uh, relegate that to a man or God. Let's give, let's, let's give honor for us being a part of Antioch. 50 years, we're still standing. Come on. He says, still stand. Why don't we stand and give God honor for Antioch, the apostolic church, if you are a bona fide member here. You ought to thank God for Antioch, the apostolic church. For the good, the bad, and the ugly. Because God works all things together. And I want to give, while you're standing, honor. To our bishop and our mother. Amen. We wouldn't be here unless they obeyed God. At the age of 24 and 10. Okay, I'm sorry, nine. So let's give God glory one more time. Thank you, mother. Thank you, bishop. Keep doing what you're doing. I want to read a verse of scripture, and you can be seated. Thank you. From 1 Samuel chapter 16, I'm just going to read four verses of scripture. Again, uh, Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel. And Samuel said unto Jesse, the Lord have not chosen these. And Samuel said unto Jesse, are here all thy children. And he said, there remaineth yet the youngest. 
And behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, go get the boy. That's all I would say it. Send and fetch him. For we will not sit down until he come hither. And he sent and brought him in. And now the, he was a ruddy, uh, with, with all of a beautiful countenance and a god, godly to look to. And the Lord said, arise and anoint him. For this is he. And then Samuel took the horn of oil from that day and anointed him, I'm sorry, in the midst of his brethren. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David. And from that day forward, uh, so Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Now, in this uh, passage of scripture, we, we know that uh, David was anointed to be king. He wasn't, he was anointed king, but he was really anointed to be king. And that what would happen one day. But when you heard, first heard about David, he was out keeping the sheep. You find the next, uh, episode, if you will, not just a story, but the account of David. He was keeping sheep. Saul was troubled by an evil spirit, and uh, they looked to getting Saul some relief from this evil spirit. And one of his servants spoke to him and said, there is a, a, a young man who is skilled. He's powerful. He's gifted. Go to the sons of Jesse and get him. Now, David was already anointed to be king. And when he was to be anointed, he was found keeping the sheep. And so here, the servant is giving the, the, uh, the, uh, story to the king, King Saul, and letting him know that the person that's going to minister to you, he's the son of Jesse, and he is a, a skilled man, and he is a powerful man. He's also a, a valiant man and a man of war. That's actually what was said of David. He was already a man of war. He was already a valiant man, and he was already gifted in ministry. And I want you to go and find him and get him. Saul did not know he was that anointed one. And when the men of Saul went to go get David, even though he had this anointing on him to be king, even though he was a valiant man and he was a worshiper and he was skillful and he was a man of war, the scripture said, at that moment, you found David keeping the sheep. And so he calls for David. He begins to play and worship God. The, the devils flee and Saul has a bit of relief. There's a war mounting up with the Philistines, and you know the story. There was a giant called Goliath. He rises to the scene, and he intimidates the people of God. He 
gives them fear where they don't believe in who they are and who their God is. They can't see their calling in their life and what God has for them because there is an enemy in the land and this enemy has put fear in the people of God's heart where they can't move forward and to fulfill the purpose of God. And David comes on the scene. He's carrying a, la- a bag lunch and he, he's giving it to his brethren and his brethren are kind of teasing him and they're, they're mocking and they're getting mad at him thinking he's coming with some gal in his heart or some sort of uh, ambitious desire and you're just coming to look at the, the battle. What battle? You're all afraid. And he hears the Philistine. He hears the giant. Looking down on the people of God, letting them know you can't do what you're called to do. It is an impossibility for this thing to be done in you. You you are not who you think you are. We will defy the people of God and the armies of God. And David hears this and he says, is there not a cause? I come to minister two messages for two groups of people. The first group I would like to talk to, you are 35 years and under. Or maybe you've just come to Antioch, the Apostolic Church, and you've been here maybe for a few years. I come to tell you that you are the next X factor. You may not think that you are significant in the plan and in the purpose of God. You may feel like you are on the outskirts and you are keeping a few sheep. But can I tell you, God always has an X factor. God always has people that he's looking at. You haven't rose up, haven't arisen in the ranks yet. You haven't stepped on the scene yet. But God sees you. God sees your hunger. He sees your desire. He sees your burden. He knows your love for him. And he's saying, you are the next X that I will use for my purpose and my glory at Antioch, the apostolic church. You must believe who you are. And God had to get the X factor out of the field, keeping the sheep and bring them into the house to be anointed. I believe there's an, an anointing in the house today that some of you young people, amen, you may not have a calling just yet. You may not necessarily have a title here just yet. You may not know what God has called you to do. But can I say every promise that was given yesterday, you need to take it today and move forward to tomorrow because God always has an X factor. The X factor is what the enemy did not see. The X factor is what what the enemy did not know. He could not see David in the field. He could not see the little ruddy kid. Amen. Taking care of sheep. But little did the enemy know there was somebody getting a hold of God all by themselves. Somebody in the closet saying, God, use me. God, I love you. I will take care of what you asked me to take care of. I will do what you asked me to do. Uh, Use me, Lord. Uh, And all of a sudden, God said, come on, you are the next X. 
I'm going to use you uh, to bring down giants. I'm going to use you, amen, uh, to establish a kingdom. uh, And this kingdom shall never end. uh, And I'm going to use you uh, to rise up. And I'm going to use you to raise up my Christ uh, in my stead. uh, And he will be my face. uh, And he will be my purpose for all of mankind. Can I tell you, we have a purpose here. And if you are, as I said, 35 years and younger, and you may not have a place right now here in this particular church, in this the ministry here, but I'm here to tell you right now, and I believe God is going to anoint you, amen, to go into the dimensions that are necessary. This is not just a church that's built on man and built on flesh and built on just a teaching, but this is a church that was built on miracles that's built on the power of God and the demonstration of his spirit you can see that and you can feel that all of yesterday, some of you didn't realize maybe what was going on underneath. Uh, and we sit there and we listened and we listened and we listened and we listened. And some of you were saying, oh, I've heard this so many times before. I've heard it. Why does he have to say this? Yes, I've heard you say it. Not realizing what was transpiring. Amen. I don't care how many times you heard it. You need to hear it again. You need to hear it till you believe it. You need to hear it until you obey it. You need to hear it until you participate with it. You need to hear it until you become the next ex. I want to talk to you real quickly, the next group. They are 40 and over. I know right now you're saying, what about the 35 to 40? Or 35, 36 to 39. You just jump in whatever group you want to. You can be old or young. That's up to you and how you look at it. But 40 and over. The word for you is, I want you, you're 35 and older or younger. Stand up, please. Don't lie. 35 and younger, stand up. Don't be lying now. It's, it's not cloudy, but lightning can, can still strike. You've been in this church, you're over, over 35, and you've been in this church for three years or less, stand up. You're not on this parking lot by accident. I don't care what reason you're here. Even if you were drug here, you are here in the will of God. And God wanted you to hear everything that was said yesterday. And he wants you to participate with everything that's transpiring here today. What power there was up here in demonstration of what God is doing. God is not limited. I believe God is going to use him. And all of you who are standing, there's another group that are looking at you. And sometimes when you're young, you have zeal, but sometimes we don't quite have the knowledge. And that's what these 40-plus are here for. We may not have the strength and the stamina. That's why we need each other. Not just west needs north and north needs Central and Central needs West. We need one another in terms of 
these two groups. And with this second group, I don't know if Central's, come on, Nathaniel. Oh, yeah, I know you're standing, but you can stand up behind the keyboard. David went out into the battleground. And he saw that there was a cause. He saw that there was a need. Those of you who are not standing up, we're going to, we, we have to give these young people an opportunity. I said we have to, I didn't get a whole lot on that. We have to give these young people an opportunity. Let them mess up. God, God, God can fix it. Thank God the bishop trusted me when I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> sort of. Praise God. You can go ahead and play something anytime. Amen. Those young, that young man went out into the field and he looked and saw what was transpiring. He saw the lack of faith with the people of God. He saw that the people did not have direction. And he wasn't going out there in his own stead. He was going there to fulfill what God had purposed. He didn't even know that that was what God was trying to do. God had set all that in motion, put all that in play for his purpose. And the thing he spoke to his older brothers was this. Is there not a cause? Forty plus You've been around here for a while and you feel like it's now time for you to take a break. Time for you to sit back. I've done all I could do. You have a little more. If you're 40 and older, you've been around in this church. If you're able to stand, stand. I'm talking to you. The Holy Ghost is talking to you if you're able to. If you can. Those of you who are 40 and under or 39, and I want you to look at somebody that's older and tell them. Is there not a cause? Bishop Wright preached the cause. Yesterday, he communicated the cause. This isn't a cause of man. This... Please understand the the context of this. This is not about Bishop Wright. I don't believe some of us get it. This is not about Bishop Wright. Yeah, yeah, this is not disrespectful. He understands what I, what I mean by that. You have to understand this is a God thing. I said this is a God thing. This isn't Bishop, Bishop Wright conjuring up stuff, trying to do his own will. Did you hear everything that transpired when God spoke and said you need to do this? And God prepared Antioch when the God was going to allow this roof to be uh, caved in when God was going to allow the COVID virus to come in and he set things in motion. Did you hear word after word how God was demonstrating what he was doing and he was orchestrating this thing? This is a God thing. And there is a cause. 
So while we're together with our particular groups, and I mean groups of people, not congregation, why don't we join in together just with the person that you're with? And we're going to pray together. We can only do this together. And I want to look at the, I want you to look at the person you're locked up with and say, is there not a cause? And you tell that person, yes, there is a cause. And if they're younger, I want you to tell them you are the next ex. It's time for you to rise up and allow God to do what he's trying to do in your life. In the name of Jesus, why don't we begin to pray right now? Begin to pray with one another right now. Come on, somebody believe the promise of God. Somebody hold true to the promise of God. Come on, somebody get a hold of it and decide I'm going to be a part of it. There is a cause. I wonder if we continue to pray for another moment. Let's not just move on to the next thing in, in our plans for this evening, but continue to pray for a moment. Come on. Is there not a cause? Well, why don't you pray with some faith that was released yesterday? Why don't you begin to activate that faith right now and begin to speak those things? Claim these promises for yourself. Begin to allow your expectation to rise, your faith to increase. Not in ourselves, not in our own ability, but the spirit that leads us, that guides us, that keeps us, that directs us. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. How many of y'all are thankful? How many of y'all are ready to praise the Lord for another moment? I couldn't hear you. How many of y'all are ready to praise the Lord for another moment? How many of y'all know we serve a great God? How many of y'all know we serve a good God? Hallelujah, Jesus. We praise you, Father. We lift up your name. Sing, Lord, you are good. Say, Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. Sing, Lord, you are good. Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. Sing, people from every nation. from every yeah. again in another moment. We're going to change it up a little bit and here's why. We've learned so much about Antioch, what Antioch's been, who Antioch is right now, where Antioch's going, and we're going to hear more about it tonight. But there's just, there's a little, there's, a, there's not a little, there's a big part of Antioch that sometimes we kind of forget. Gloria a Dios! 
Gloria a Dios. Where's my Spanish speaking community at? My Spanish speaking brothers and sisters in Christ. We're gonna we're gonna sing a little something for you tonight, all right? Something that you can understand, something that you can speak from your language, and then we'll have to us English speaking that can't speak Spanish. We're gonna learn it and we're gonna sing it and we're gonna praise with you. There's something I, I remember my first time going to a Spanish uh, speaking service, and I'm sitting there and I'm like Wow, I just, I don't know what everyone's saying. This is so strange. But I felt the power of God, and then I began to praise. And I was like, you know what? It doesn't matter. I don't know what they're saying. The same spirit that's with them is the same spirit that's with me. And it doesn't matter what language it's in, because we're all united in Christ. We're all one. There's not Greek. There's not Jew. There's not male. There's not female. There's not English speaking. There's not Spanish speaking. But we are all one in Christ. So why don't we go ahead and, and, uh, and sing this song in Spanish for a moment. Say Señor, eres fiel y tu misericordia eterna. Señor, eres fiel. Señor, eres fiel y tu misericordia eterna. Siguiente de toda, siguiente de toda, tengo a nación de revelación, a generación de adoramos
Oh no, you serve a great God. Your presence, 
I know breakthrough is coming by faith. I see a miracle. My God made me a promise and it won't stop now. I know breakthrough is coming by faith. I see a miracle. My God made me a promise and it won't stop now. I know breakthrough is coming coming. this is a new song most of you probably aren't familiar with the lyrics but in case you didn't hear the bridge it says i know a breakthrough is coming by faith i see a miracle my god gave me a promise and he's not gonna stop now before brother simpson preached that message i already felt to do this in case i know a lot of you weren't here last night So I'm going to just give you a quick recap of the promises, if that's okay. Because he made us a promise, and he's not going to stop now. In April of 1978, God promised he would make the church in Antioch, a place to come and to be trained and to send out. In September 1979, God promised he would make this church like a black dot on a white sheet. A bright star in a black night. In the fall of 1979, God promised he would give Antioch a revival and a harvest such that its membership would be 10% of Anne Arundel County. In in October of 1981, God promised through a vision of the gates of hell being defeated and a mighty, endless flow of souls coming out. That's my promise. Before, before, brother, Brother Simpson preached that message. And God spoke to me. He said, what you're about to read is symbolic. I'm 17 years old. And I'm declaring for my generation that that's ours. 
and he told me to tell the 40 and older we have the torch we have the faith and we're not stopping now because he's not stopping now I know breakthrough is coming by faith I see a miracle my God made me a promise and it won't stop now I know breakthrough is coming by faith I see a miracle my God made me a promise and it won't stop now I know breakthrough is coming by faith I see a miracle my God made me a promise and it won't stop now Miracle, my God made me a promise and it won't stop now. Hallelujah! Breakthrough is coming. Hallelujah! By faith, I Hallelujah! And you and I have been given the opportunity to be a part of that. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. My, my, my. Hallelujah. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. A couple of things really quickly. There was a key found last night. I believe it's a Mitsubishi emblem on it. If you dropped the key last night, it is here on the pulpit. Grab that when service is done. And then also... Uh, we need about 15 guys or so uh, once we conclude this evening. All of this equipment, uh, tent, stage, all of that's got to get put away. And uh, the more we have, the more hands we have helping us, the quicker we can get all of that done. So a uh, few of you brethren will just plan to help us do that afterwards. should take more than probably 15 minutes, 20 minutes if we get enough hands on deck. Amen couple of you willing to do that afterwards? Okay. I can't see well. I'm believing by faith there was 15 or 20 hands. Amen. Amen. I, I know that this is not the grand weekend we had anticipated, and uh, I look forward to next year and having the rain check on this weekend. Nevertheless, Nevertheless, I think what we've learned, one of the things we've learned this year is we can adapt. We can adapt. And so we can adapt may not have been what we wanted, but we can still celebrate the goodness of God that has brought us to this point that has kept us for 50 years. Some of you, almost all those 50 years. 
But as has been said, whenever you've come along, you are now a part of what God is doing and what God is going to do. So what a great privilege. I think in some ways it'd be easy just to say ditto to everything that's already been done and go sit down. But um, you know who my dad is, so I'm probably not just going to do that. I give honor not only, I give honor to to, uh, Brother uh, Joel and Brother Simpson and their wives. I appreciate them and what a privilege to serve together in the kingdom of God and a part of Antioch, the apostolic church. And again, as has already been said, I know I have a dual role, as does my brother, but not only to our bishop and Mother Wright, but also to my parents. I give honor to them and their willingness to answer the call of God. Because I realize um, if they'd have gone someplace else and I'd have still been born, I probably would have been saved. But if they'd have went someplace else, if they'd have went to Florida, I'd have never met Angela. And that would not be good. So if for no other reason, I'm glad all of you are here, but I'm glad we came to Maryland because that's where my bride was and I wouldn't want another one. So, amen. Praise God. Romans chapter 5, verse 20. I know we're used to screens and all that stuff so if you got a bible you got an ipad or something you want to turn otherwise you can listen but romans 5 and verse 20 says moreover the law entered that the offense might abound but but where sin abounded grace grace didn't just abound. Grace wasn't just simply there, but grace much more abounded. Isaiah 60 and verse number 1 says, Arise and shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. Anybody surprised by the darkness? If you are, you haven't read your Bible. The darkness shall cover the earth, and not just darkness, but gross darkness is going to cover the people. And if that's as far as you read, you need to be depressed and discouraged. But if you know there's more to the rest of that verse, then let's read the rest of the verse. There's another but. But the Lord. In spite of the darkness, in spite of the gross darkness, the Lord shall arise upon thee, and His glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles, that's the unsaved, and the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy right rising. You'll understand this more in a few moments. If you don't get it at the first, I'll come back to it. I want to preach to you for a few moments here this evening. We'll leave the light on. I don't care how much darkness there is today. I don't care if there is gross darkness. As the people of God, we've got to remember that where sin abounds... 
in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the turmoil, in the midst of all of the confusion, where sin abounds, grace doth much more. And I know y'all danced and worshipped and shouted out, but I need a little bit of help here. I, I'm not like Bishop. I like feedback. I don't, I'm not this quieter you get the more you're listening. That's not me. I need a little, I need a little noise. I know we're, I know this is all still different and new for most of you. And today was the first time we've been outside for service in a couple of years also. Last May feels like a couple of years. We kind of had to readjust all over again. I know it's not the norm, but Jesus, as we've already experienced in our living rooms, in our dining rooms, in our kitchens, we know Jesus is the same every place. So if you can just muster up for a few more moments a little bit of energy, this preacher would appreciate it. Arise and shine. John said, the light shined into darkness. And the darkness comprehended it not. To us in 2020, comprehend most of the time is thought of about understanding. But that's not the word comprehend there. That word, the darkness comprehended it not, means the darkness cannot overtake the light. Light always wins. Light always wins. You don't walk into a dark room, find the light switch, and go, I hope, I pray and hope light wins one more time over darkness. You know that all you gotta do is turn on the light, and light cannot be overtaken by the darkness. I know there's darkness, I know there's gross darkness, and it may be even darker as time goes on, but there's always gonna be a light, and the light is always gonna be able to penetrate darkness. I didn't bring my phone up here. If I had it, I'd use it as the object lesson. But if I got my phone out right now and I turned the flashlight on, it would have absolutely no impact. Because we got plenty of light. You tell some of you been on your, you've been on your phone and the sun's shining. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta get all in the right position just to be able to see it because it's so bright. But you let it be pitch black in a bedroom or in a living room or somewhere outside. You let it be pitch black. And that same light that right now would have no impact on these circumstances here. The same light. No, it may not brighten up the entire room like the daylight. But that same light will give you enough to function. That same amount of light that won't impact here is enough impact to get through a bedroom without stubbing your toe on the corner of the bed. And so you know what? We may not push back all the darkness and it may not be as bright as the noonday sun, but the light, everywhere the light goes, the light is going to overtake the darkness. Every place you take the light, wherever you go, light is going to shine into darkness. Rise, shine, because thy light, Gentiles are going to come to thy light and kings to the brightness Thy rising. Zechariah chapter 14 and verse number 7 says this. But it shall be one day which shall be known to the Lord, not day nor night, but shall come to pass. It's going to be darkness. It's going to be uncertainty. But at evening time there shall be light. 
at evening time there shall be light. I wonder if I'm amongst any apostolics this evening that believe we may be at evening time and this thing may be wrapping up and darkness may be trying to take over in a way like it's never taken over before. But the promise is there's going to be light that's going to shine even at evening time because you and I are not here tonight to be a part of a crippled, hobbling church that has somehow got it on cruise control and survival mode until Jesus comes. But my Bible says that He's coming back for a glorious church that doesn't have spot or wrinkle or blemish. Oh, hallelujah. There's been a lot of ball games in all sports at all levels. There's been a lot of ball games. We're at the beginning of the game and midway through the game and even towards the end of the game, there was a, there was the underdog that was winning. There has been one upset in all of the history of March Madness. One time has a 16th seed team beaten a number one. One time. But you know what? There's been a lot of teams where everybody was had their eyes glued on the game because the losing team, the 16th seed team, was winning against the higher seed. Slight problem was the buzzer hadn't sounded yet. The game wasn't over with yet. And you can't determine the outcome by the middle of the game. You can't determine what the end's going to look like by what it looks like now. Because God's got some things set up that we may be down. It may even be the bottom of the ninth. We might be down by three outs, down to the, or down with two outs to the last out and the final guy at the plate. But if that's what it takes, you just need to know God's got it all in control and the light is going to shine. Micah chapter 4, verse number 1. But in the last days it shall come to pass that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established in the top of the mountains. Where's the, where's it going to be established? In the top. In a high place. And it shall be exalted above the hills. Now, now watch this. The mountain, or the, excuse me, the, the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established in the top of the mountains. The, the house of the Lord is going to be established in the top of the mountains. And, and people, which way does water flow on a mountain? We all know water flows down. But the prophet says, it shall be exalted above the hills and people shall flow unto it. Where's it? Where's it? On top of the mountain. He said there's coming a day where I'm going to do something and what is the laws of nature and what you are used to as being the norm. I'm going to flip a switch and what you have struggled to do and what you have worked so hard to see accomplished and the way things normally seem to be, I'm going to turn it and there's not going to be a struggle to get it to the top of the mountain. It's going to flow to the top. I declare to this congregation of people gathered today 
today. I know we may not have expected to be at 50 years in this condition in a lot of ways. And I, I'm certain Bishop would have expected there to have been thousands of people here this evening. And there have been some battles and there have been some struggles. But I declare to this group of people today, God is going to flip the switch. And it's not always going to be an uphill struggle. But everything's going to flow because that's what the promises say. That's what the promises have determined. That doesn't mean we just kick back and do nothing and put it on cruise control. But what that means is we put our minds and our spirits in it like never before. Because if we'll do our part, God will do His part. And many nations shall come and say, Listen, listen. How many of you know what it's like you tell somebody about Jesus? You witness to them. You feel like you got a good witness and then they just say, nah, you know what? I'm alright. I, I, I appreciate it, but I'm just, I'm not ready for that. And you, you walk away discouraged. Invite them to come be a part of church and come visit and experience. No, I'm, I'm just not ready and we're, we're used to that, but watch this. He says there will come a time when they will say to you, not when you're going to say to them, but when they're going to say to you, let us go to the mountain of the Lord and to the house of God of Jacob. And He will teach us of His ways and we will walk in His path. Now watch this. They're going to say, we want to go with you. But listen to what the prophet says. For the law shall go forth of Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. I got ahead of myself here. It's the next verses I'm going to read. So let's go ahead and read them. Zechariah 8 and 20. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, it shall come yet come to pass that there shall come people and the inhabitants of many cities and the inhabitants of one city shall go to another saying, let us go speedily to pray before the Lord and to seek the Lord of hosts. I will go also. Yea, many people and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem and to pray before the Lord. Watch this. Micah says, they're going to come to you and say, let us go to the house of the Lord. Watch what the prophet Zechariah says. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, in those days it shall come to pass that not just one person, not just one person, not just one, and, and every soul matters. Jesus left 90 and 9 to go get one. Don't miss what I'm saying. Thank God for the ones, but he says there's going to be a point in which ten are going to take hold out of all languages of the past, or of, of the nations, even shall take hold of the skirt of him that is a Jew, saying, We will go with you. Why? Because we have heard that God is with you. Zach Diggs, where you at? I need you to come up here and get ready to help me a little bit, Zach. I figured I'd just catch you off guard instead of giving you heads up. I'm going to need a little help in a moment, Zach. Ten. I don't think the number ten there is intended to be literal. I don't think it's intended to mean ten exactly. 
I think what he's saying, and there's, there's going to be a group of people. There's going to be those that are around you saying, hey, I want to go with you. I've heard about their, I've heard about your God. I've heard about what he can do. And I don't want to just hear about it anymore. Job said it like this. I heard of you with the hearing of my ear. But now I've seen you with my own eyes. Can I tag into what's already been said? Can I tell the younger generation tonight? It's not the will of God for you to keep living off of what you've heard about. It's not the will of God for you to live off of testimonies of what God did in 79 and 80 and 81. That's not why we're here, to just celebrate the past. But we celebrate the past, and it builds our faith that if God's done it before, He is the same yesterday and today and forever. So it's God's will for you not to say we've heard about you with our ears. But it's God's will for you to be able to say, I've seen you. I've seen you. Just about everybody here has a a somewhat of an idea who I am. Bishop said last night, he and Mother Wright got married on November 1st. I was born on November 2nd. Three years later. Usually I say that and he's right there and he don't give me that much time. He inserts really quickly. I've been here from the beginning. I've almost got the full 50. Not quite, but almost. But I'm not here today because of what I've heard. I'm not standing up here because of a bunch of good stories. I'm not living off of faith of what I've heard about. That's where faith starts. But oh, if you ever get beyond faith of hearing, if you go beyond just hearing and start seeing, you want to talk about an unshakable faith. We heard it last night. The reason Bishop says all those promises that seem impossible but has faith because he's not going on what he's heard. He's going on what he's seen. Ten are going to take hold and they're going to say, we will go with you because we have heard that God is with you. God is with you. There are churches whose doors will never open again after COVID-19. There are congregations that will never get together again because... They didn't have what it take to get them through COVID-19. They didn't have something to sustain them to make it through. Can I tell you tonight, just because a church may close, just because a congregation, whatever the brand is, may close, let's not lose fact to the sight of the fact that the people that were a part of that are still as hungry as they were. They, the church they were a part of may have closed, but their hunger for God hasn't stopped. Their desire to know that God is real hasn't stopped. And so you and I are in a prime position for them to be able to say, we've heard, we've heard about your God. Take us, take us with you.
I believe they started somewhere in the 80s, mid-80s. There were a few, I can't remember most of them, but there used to be some pretty epic commercials that would get played on Orioles games back when I used to listen until I got too discouraged and gave up listening. One of them was a Toyota commercial. All these other cars would, they would say, I want to be a Toyota. I want to be a Toyota. Toyota was the car to be. But that other commercial that stands out in my mind is good old Motel 6. One of the most monotone voices you've ever heard on the radio in advertising would go through some kind of a spiel, tell a story, or say something. And at the end of that commercial, this is Tom Bodet for Motel 6. And we'll leave the light on for you. We're celebrating the past, but as already has been said by my youngest son, we're not just celebrating the past. The light, I, I actually had thought about having Mother Wright and Bishop sing the lighthouse, and they did that last night, so I won't do that again. But the light, that shine to get us to this point. The light that has brought us here, I've come to make a declaration tonight, it's not about to go out. And I've come to tell you, and I've come to make a declaration in the Spirit tonight, we will leave the light on for you. You going to help me a little bit? I say to every prodigal out there tonight, we're going to leave the light on for you. I say to every prodigal, we're going to leave the light on for you. I know he's already been called out by, by my brother, but I, I, a couple of months, a couple of feels like months, a couple of weeks ago, Brother Lombardo stopped into one of our Saturday evening services and, 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 and there's a move that John always had that hand would always just I mean and it stopped and that thumb was kind of on a little bit of an angle or a curve a couple of weeks ago sitting there I watched I watched it again this evening there's a few other folks that I know how they used to do it I know how they used to dance. And I declare again tonight, we're going to leave the light on for you. To the drug addicts that are out there, we're going to leave the light on for you. To every alcoholic, we're going to leave the light on for you. If you're black, we're going to leave the light on for you. If you're white, you're gonna, we're going to leave the light on for you. If, from, if you're from South America, we're going to leave the light on for you. If you're from Central America, we're going to leave the light on for you. If you're from Africa, we're going to leave the light on for you. If you're like the psalmist and your steps have almost slipped, I've come to tell you, we're going to leave the light on for you. 
made big mistakes and big mess ups in your life. I've come to tell you tonight, we're going to leave the light on for you. To the uneducated, we're going to leave the light on for you. To the educated, we're going to leave the light on for you. To the poor, we're going to leave the light on for you. To the rich, we're going to leave the light on for you. When we get through COVID, we're going to leave the light on for you. Some of y'all may get quiet on me on this one. If Trump gets reelected, we're going to leave the light on for you. If Biden gets elected, we're going to leave the light on for you. Because there may be darkness and there may be gross darkness, but I declare we need to arise and shine because there is a light that is going to penetrate the darkness. a light in Anne Arundel County. There's going to be a light in PG County. There's going to be a light in Baltimore, in Baltimore County, Queen Anne's County, Calvert County, and everywhere else God gives us the opportunity. I declare tonight, it's not just 50 years and we're looking at the end, but the light is going to keep on shining quitting if you're here tonight this evening you made up your mind you're going to be a part of the light because you know how we leave the light on don't you you and I are the light ye are the light of the world it's our worship it's our worship that leaves the light on It's our prayer, both corporate and individual, that leaves the light on. It's our witnessing that leaves the light on. So I wonder if there's anybody would join with me for just a moment. If you can get out of those comfortable chairs that most of you seem to be settled into real well. And stand and lift your hands and say, God, I know there's darkness. I know there's even gross darkness in our world right now. But I believe in the power of the light. And I'm going to be a part of making sure that there's always going to be a light that is left on in the darkness. In the name of Jesus. Lord, our individual lights this evening may not seem like much when we're all gathered together. Our individual light may not seem to have much impacted with all of us shining our lights together. But when we go into our neighborhoods, when we go into our communities, when we go into our workplace, when we walk on to college campuses and school campuses, we are then the light that will penetrate the darkness. Breakthrough is coming. The flow is going to change. It's not going to be an upward, uphill battle all the time. We've got some promises that there's going to be a flow that comes. And it's going to flow to the top 
of the mountain. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You can be seated for a moment, if you would, please. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. Pastor Wright was very easy on you. I want 25 men and women who will stay to help carry stuff to stand in commitment that you will not leave till all of this stuff is put away. Ladies, there's stuff you can carry too. We don't leave the ladies out of this. Thank you. Every one of you meet up here when we're done. Thank you very much. God bless you. I have two things, uh, spiritual things to do here, uh, if you will stay with me. Um, the Lord amazes me all the time. I, there's never a time I'm not in awe of him. And he not only does the big things, but he, he knows how to do the little things. Little things that are so, if, you, if you're not paying attention and you don't know Jesus, you miss them. But he just, he lets you know that he knows all the details. And he knows how to do the details. And uh, it's been said, I, and I'm going to commend all three of these men of God tonight because every one of them has heard from God and obeyed God. We have heard from God tonight. God has worked. God has moved. God has spoken to you. If you were just listening to sermons or ministry and you weren't hearing the voice of God, then you missed it. There wasn't one message or three messages tonight. There were three parts of one message. And uh, I'm adding the fourth Okay, this is the altar call. Two parts. First of all, in my uh, prayer and study these last six months, numerous times I've come across places where Paul requested prayer for himself. He said, would you pray for me? I need you to be in prayer for me. I, I need your prayer support. I can't do this without you. I want you to help me. I want you to pray for me. And the Lord began to deal with me about that. And, uh, and as has been said, I am embarking on, to, on the next phase of what God is going to be doing through me. And it's probably going to be the most taxing thing I've ever done. Yes, at almost 75. But he is my life. He is my health. He is my strength. And if he's sending, he's going to strengthen and make it possible. And the awesome thing is, if an old man is doing this, then everybody's got to go, wait a minute. How's an old man doing this? God. If a 25-year-old person was doing it, they'd go, wow, he's got a lot of stamina and strength. Uh, but when you're 75... And you're doing all that. People don't go, he's got a lot of stamina and strength. He goes, who's, they, they go, who's his God? Maybe I need to talk to his God. But I'm not in this alone. And uh, this is what the Lord has instructed me to do. The scripture says, smite the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. 
It's not that the preacher is more important than everybody else. It's that God gives. I, I don't know if you have studied this closely, but if you read Hebrews chapter 13, you'll see that these three men in eternity are going to have to stand before God for each person they're responsible for and give God an account, a report on how you did. The book says that. Read it for yourself. Well, they're just preachers. No. They are men of God. They've been called to be to lead. They've been gifted to lead. They've been given authority to lead. And I do not believe in clergy laity. This is a, this is a great country, and we have the freedom. Uh, you know, obviously, we have the freedom to go out and tear stuff up if we want to. And I, I wasn't going to make this statement, but I'm going to make it. I am wholeheartedly behind whatever's necessary in this country for everybody to be treated equal. But anybody that's justifying destroying innocent people's property, and there's no discrimination being made on that person's race, give me a break. That's not, that's not standing for equality. That's anarchy. Wait, wait just a second. I got 50 years worth of experience reflected right here that proves I'm not a Johnny-come-lately on treating everybody equal. I got 50 years of experience in ministry proving that I, excuse me if you don't like this, I don't see color. I see brothers and sisters in Christ. I have a little problem that all of a sudden I'm supposed to see color. I got a problem with that. I didn't come to say that tonight. People want to know, where's Bishop Wright? What? How come he isn't speaking out? I've been speaking out 50 years if you've been paying attention. Give me a break. All these people that have just finally got on board, i got 50 years of being on board. Give me a... Forget it. Okay. So, okay, that's done. I didn't plan on saying it, but I'm glad I did. Praise God. So, this is what I'm asking you to do. I want, uh, not here, but over the next day or two, I want a couple of responsible people from each congregation that's willing to take this on as a burden so that the pastor does not have to do this and that you are going to organize and keep working until the rapture, a prayer and fasting chain, I don't care if it's just one person each day from your congregation, that that person's going to be praying and fasting that day for your pastor and for your bishop, your pastor and his wife and your bishop and his wife in what God is using us to do. We are a part of you. You are a part of us. 
We go representing the Lord Jesus Christ, and we go representing you. I have no credibility in the apostolic movement without you. Paul said, and I quote, I'm quoting Paul in regards to you. You are our epistle known and read of all men. And while God gets all the glory, nobody is forgetting that God didn't do it by himself. We need your prayers like never before. There is a shift that's taking place here this weekend of the Spirit. If you didn't pick up on it, then it's a good time to go spend it two or three or four or five or seven days fasting and praying and getting in tune. Because if you haven't picked up on the shift that's taking place in the Spirit here this weekend, not because it's the 50th, but in the Bible, you know what 50 years were? 50 years was, what, what the Lord didn't count by centuries. He counted by 50-year segments. Study it. And a brand new thing started every 50 years in the book. And something brand new has started at Antioch according to the word of God. And we need your prayer. And guess what? Remember what I said yesterday about what the Lord said to me when when the, 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 the there was no money and we had all these bills to pay? And he said to me, if you'll take care of my house... I'll take care of yours. You put my kingdom first, and I will look after what you're doing in this city. Now, some people have spent these last six months praying only for themselves. You want to be healthy and stay healthy? Quit praying for you. Quit praying for your family to be healthy. Start praying for the kingdom. Start praying for others. And I'm not asking, I don't want any hands tonight. There are people here right now that the Lord is going to put it in your spirit to take the responsibility. It's not going to be done from the pulpit. This is going to be your responsibility. You're going to go to brothers and sisters in your congregation and say, uh, what, 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 uh, what day can you take? We're praying for the, Bishop and mother and for our pastor and his wife. Okay? Praise God. I'm leaving that one right there. Here is the uh, altar call. The Lord has spoken to me very specifically. Before I do this, I need, with social distancing... I need all three of the pastors and their family standing up here together. Whoever gets here first stands over here. Who comes second here. And whoever's last stands over here. And Sister Wright, I need you up here with me. I, I, I let me clarify. If you're feeling the burden to help with this, uh, no, no, you guys stay in the middle, right there, right there. Okay, you can come over. That's too much social distancing. You can come over a little bit. That's too much social distancing. Only six feet, not fifteen. Okay, all right. 
Let me clarify something for you. Those of you who feel this burden, you will come to your pastor and you will work with the pastor over doing this prayer and fast chain. Okay? I'm not implying we're going to do some independent thing. Now, the Lord is going to do a major work in everybody's life here tonight that will receive it. And see, right there's the problem. There were some people here that heard God speak. There were some people that thought, it, is, is, that, is that the Lord or is he just saying that? And then there's some that said, well, I've heard, we've heard this before, but uh, we'll see. Well, the we'll see will only see. It's not going to happen to you. Those who are saying, okay, is God talking to us? You've got a few moments here to get on board. The rest of you, God is going to do this tonight. Now, when I first start, start reading this, 99% of you are going to say, that doesn't apply to me. But I'm going to prove it does. The Holy Ghost is going to convince you if you are at all honest with yourself. I'm reading from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I, need, I want you to stand right up here. Thank you. If I ask you, the great, great majority, and I would just about guarantee every one of these people would say, I don't have fear. And you're right. The fear you're talking about, you don't have. But there's another fear that I have observed personally warring against all of these families and the great majority of this church, if not 99% of this church. The Greek word translated fear here is the only time this Greek word is in the Greek New Testament. It is not the word that we normally think of as fear. It is the word for timidity or intimidation. And this word is defined by two elements. The spirit of the fear of failure and the spirit of the fear of rejection. And you men and women of God, when the Holy Ghost is on you, you don't battle this. But it's the rest of the time 
It's the rest of your life where you battle the fear of failure and the fear of rejection and the spirit of intimidation paralyzes. I, I can't knock on that door. They may reject me. I can't witness to that person. They may reject me. I, I can't lead that person. They're not following, and that's personal. The spirit of this spirit of fear causes us to personalize everything. Everything is about us. Everything is against us. And so therefore, what does that do? It keeps me from being confident in God and bold in every situation. Because all of these people and the great majority of you in church with God moving, you don't feel this at all. You flow. You preach. You worship with boldness. You pray with boldness with God moving. But when it's you, just you, or just your family, and then trouble comes, difficulties come, challenges, or God is asking you to do something, and your response is, I can't do that. You're right, you can't do it. But listen to what the Scripture says. God has not given us the spirit of timidity or being intimidated by being afraid of failing and afraid of rejection. God has given us the spirit of power, the spirit of love, the spirit, and I'm, I'm giving you the literal definition of the Greek word, the spirit of a saved mind. And one of the greatest proofs sitting here right now or standing here right now, that you're battling a spirit of intimidation are the thoughts that go through your mind that are not according to the Word. They're not pleasing to God. They're thoughts of fear and intimidation. And God didn't give it to you. So where'd you get it from? Where did any of us get it from? I lived with this spirit of fear for 33 years. I, ha- I lived with the experience of it from age 6 or 5 to age 38. When the anointing was there, I was fearless. When I was out of the flow of the spirit, I was paralyzed. Paralyzed. And the promises that God has made to us, He cannot give through people who are more sensitive to and responsive to the fear of failure, the spirit of the fear of failure, and the spirit of the fear of rejection than they are empowered by and responsive to the spirit of power, the spirit of love, and the spirit of a saved mind or Right thinking. Saved thinking. 
And you may think it's all natural, but that's a lie from the pits of hell. It's not natural at all. The word of God says it's supernatural. And if you stand right there and say it's natural, you are saying that the word of God is a lie. If you say it's just my personality, or it's all because of what I've gone through in my life, then you're, you're calling the word of God a lie. What you've gone through in your life may cause you to be more prone to believe what that spirit is saying. But it's not the source of the thoughts. It's not a source of the paralysis. The source of your paralysis is not what's going on in your past. The source of your paralysis is how the adversary is using your past against you and you being used by God. And I'll say it to you again. I've lived it. I lived it. In those 33 years, I could be standing up and preaching with as much anointing as I've ever had in my life and pick up that somebody was rejecting what I was saying and everything switched in me. All of a sudden, I go on the defensive, but it didn't look defensive. It looked offensive. It looked like I was attacking somebody when all I was doing in here was defending myself. That doesn't make it right. I'm not justifying it. I'm just telling you right now. I lived it. I know exactly how that is. And here, on the first day of the rest of the history of this church and what God is going to do to fulfill his word, everybody in this place right now and everybody on that that's watching or will watch this service, God, it's not his, it's not his will, it's never his will for you and I to have the spirit of intimidation, the spirit of the fear of failure, and the spirit of fear of rejection. Because when you have those, when you have those thoughts and feelings, then your focus is never about God. It's always about self and protecting self. Except when you're under the anointing. And nobody lives under that flow of anointing 24-7. Nobody does. Nobody does. Now, we're going to pray. We are going to pray. And if you want to be delivered, if you want to be delivered, if you want to be free, where you will have bold confidence in Jesus, do you know, you know the difference in me before 1984 and after 1984? I am not afraid to fail. If I'm doing the best I can to obey God and do His will, I am not afraid to fail. And I've had the Lord on numerous occasions set me up where it looked like I failed. 
He told Abraham, take Isaac to the mountain and slay him. Offer him in sacrifice to me. And Abraham, and, and, uh, Abraham believed God and got all the way to the point of picking up the knife. And the Lord stopped him. Was it not God's will for Abraham to slay Isaac? Yes. Because Abraham knew that the promise of God was going to come through Isaac. And so he knew that God couldn't lie. And that meant if he obeyed God and took Isaac's life, that God was going to raise him from the dead. Read Hebrews 11. That was his faith. But listen to this. Because in his heart, Isaac was already dead. What was the will of God, he just went, okay, whoop, change the direction. I can't tell you the number of times I know God has spoken to me to head this direction. And because I went that direction with my whole heart, sometimes it kept going. Sometimes he changed the direction of heartbeat. Just to test to see if I would. This boldness didn't come from Chester Wright. This boldness came from deliverance. From the spirit of intimidation because of my shame. And the empowerment of the spirit of power. The spirit of love. And the spirit of a saved mind. If you're tired of being always afraid of failing. If you're tired of being afraid of being rejected. And you're ready to be free. Stand where you are right now. Pastors, pastors' wives, turn for a minute and look at the testimony of those who agree that God wants to do something in their lives. And it's going to start right here today, right here, right here. Every one of you standing here has varying degrees of this. But it is the will of God for you to be free. Some of you are a little concerned about Timothy. I got him on FaceTime right there. Okay? Because this prayer is going to work all the way to California. Amen. The first thing we're going to do is to tell the Lord. Lord, I did not understand that I was allowing another spirit other than your spirit to influence me. I thought this was natural. This was just my natural being that was afraid of failing and afraid of being rejected. Thank you for revealing to me, Father, that this is a spirit. Thank you for revealing it to me. Come on. Your own words right now. In Jesus' name, hikaha abahasataha. My, 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 my. Woo! Ikahalo lo boku ratataha. Yeki ekala roto boboko siki ekataha. And now I want you to tell him, Jesus, I want to be free. I don't want to live tormented like this anymore because fear has torment. Come on, Jesus.
Come on. I want to be free. I, I don't want to be tormented anymore over the fear of failure and the fear of rejection. Come on. In Jesus' name. Father, when we pray, I'm going to receive the spirit of power to enable me to be free. Come on. Your own words. Jesus, when we pray, I'm going to receive the spirit of your love that accepts me and lets me know that I am yours and you are pleased with me. No matter what anybody else thinks or says. Come on, your own words. In the name of Jesus, no matter what anybody else does to me or doesn't do that I'm expecting them to do, you love me and I receive my worth from you, Father, and not from man. Come on. In your own words, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus. And Father, I want to have victory in my mind and in my thoughts. I want to bring every thought by your grace into captivity to Christ. Father, by your grace, I don't want my thoughts to be rampant and overwhelm me and bring me into captivity. Come on, in your own words. Father, I want my thoughts to be under under obedience to you. In Jesus' name. I want to think whatever is good and whatever is pure and whatever is right and whatever is true. That's what Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 says. I want to think your thoughts, Lord. Not the thoughts I thought that were mine. I don't want to think those thoughts that are being put in my mind and spirit anymore that I did not discern that weren't from you in Jesus' name. Your own words. Come on. Come on. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hands. When you raise your hands, I'm asking you to flow in the Holy Ghost, in the Spirit. And I'm going to speak the word of faith and authority for deliverance. It's not about a feeling. Don't stand there and, and go, do I feel any different? Do I feel any different? I do it. No. no. Commune with Jesus. Let your spirit, let his spirit flow in and through you. And over the next few hours, days, weeks, you're going to realize just how much you've been delivered tonight. But if you're looking for some kind of sensational feeling, you're going to miss what God's doing. Come on. You may, you may have some kind of sensation. But when God delivered me, I didn't cry, I didn't weep, I didn't jump, I didn't shout, I didn't do any of those things. But I knew I was free. I knew it. I don't, how do you know you knew it? I, I don't know. I knew it. I knew I was free. And, and, Lord, they believe, help their unbelief. And some, 
may need a witness. But others have faith in you, Father. And they believe you. And it's going to happen tonight. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Raise your hands. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let the Spirit of the Lord begin to flow. Let the Spirit of the Lord begin to flow. Yield your being to Him. I'm just an instrument. I'm not going to do this. But the Lord Jesus Christ, the presence of God is filling this entire parking lot. Right now. The Spirit of the Lord is moving on you right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. By the authority of the Holy Ghost. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I bind the spirit of fear and intimidation. The spirit of fear of failure. The spirit of fear of rejection. I command you to leave loose Free every person that's being prayed for here right now. And that wherever they are listening to this, they're free right now in the name of Jesus. You're free in Jesus' name. Receive it. In Jesus' name, I loose upon you the spirit of the power of God, the spirit of the love of God, the spirit of a saved mind and right thoughts. In the name of Jesus, keep praying in tongues. Keep praying in the Holy Ghost. Come on. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of not, of things not seen or the things not felt. I want you to hear me just a moment here. I'm not stopping you from praying. Go home to pray. Pray on the way home. Enjoy yourself. But listen to me. The man of God that prayed for me on a Tuesday night, or maybe it was a Wednesday night, called me on Saturday morning. I was sitting in my desk right over here, praying and studying for Sunday morning. And he called me and said, Brother Wright, we both know that God did something in your life. But hear me. When God does a major miracle, there is an adjustment period. He said the only you you've ever known all these years, these 38 years, is the one defined by those, by that molestation. And he said... It will take a while. God can do it instantly, but you couldn't take it, he said. Trust him with the miracle. Trust him with it. Don't give it away through unbelief. And what unbelief am I talking about? 
I don't care what thoughts come into your mind. Don't speak them. Don't say them. Don't say them. Do not give him the satisfaction. I don't care what's going through your head. I don't care what it feels like tomorrow. Don't speak the negative. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And faith is, I hear and repeat. That's faith, whether it's faith in what God says or what the devil says. And if I'm listening to that and repeating what the devil says, I'm bringing myself back into bondage worse than any bondage I've been in before after this night. And if you speak, if you just lose it and speak, stop, repent, ask God to forgive you. He will. But don't leave those words out there because those words do things. Well, I, I, you know, I just, I couldn't help myself. I'm sorry. Because you're made in the image of God, what comes out of your mouth is just like God speaking. He gave us two things that are just like Him. The ability to make decisions and the ability to speak things into existence. And whether we want them into existence or not, when we speak them, we release that word to accomplish what we say. Well, I don't really want that to happen. Then don't say it. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. I want us to raise our hands right now and sincerely with thanksgiving and faith thank the Lord for what he's done for you personally right now thank him for it thank you for it thank you father 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 Father. praise God praise God God bless you. What an amazing, amazing time this has been this weekend. It is so good to see all of you. At least by faith I'm seeing you. Right? I need everyone that stood to say you would help put all this equipment back in the building to come quickly up front. And the people in charge of doing that will be here to help you. And direct you in doing that. God bless you. Please put your mask on to fellowship. Please put your masks on to fellowship. God bless you. If you come to help, just come stand up here. Whoever's in charge of taking this stuff down will begin to direct you shortly. I love all of you very, very much. Thank God for you.